Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Independence Project. I am one half of your co-host, Scott McNaughton, and today Josh and I are going to be doing an introductory podcast. We're going to be talking about ourselves a little bit, what our intentions are with the podcast, and what you guys can expect from us. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and join us weekly as we're going to be diving deep into the conversation of men's mental health, going through situations that we've been in, the circumstances that came with them, the life lessons that were learned, and what got us to this point in our journey. So, please, get together, sit down, and get ready for an episode of The Independence Project. Oh, Oh, shit, I was laughing my fucking ass off. I won't even breathe or touch anything anymore. <laughs> here we here we go. Fifth time's the charm. You know what? Let's let's use this recording. And you know, I'm gonna tell a quick story before we dive into who we are and what this this podcast all about. So we've been sitting here for 45 minutes trying to record this podcast. But every time I do anything on my end, the whole thing shuts down. So I'm gonna sit back from the mic. I'm not gonna do anything, Scott. Introduce yourself to our to our listeners here today because I'm not doing anything. I'm literally stepping back. I'm like five feet from the microphone. I'm not doing anything. Jesus Christ! Five, five times we've tried to record this, but this is gonna be the one. This is the one we're gonna use. And if you're listening to this, then it works. And this is the first episode of the Independence Project. Welcome. And Scott, take it away, man. Like, oh, my stomach go. hurts. My stomach hurts. It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, I am one half of your co host of the Independent Project, Scott McNaughton. Oh, shit. Uh, this this podcast is we're we're aiming towards men's mental health and letting the guys out there in the world know, like, hey, you're not alone, man. You know, we all deal with some crazy shit, we have stuff that comes up situations where when we're going through our life we're not quite sure of ourselves or the direction we're going in or even what's going to come out of it or even what's going to come out of ourselves like what we're going to turn into or who we're going to turn into and letting people know that even though these situations are taking place and these circumstances are taking place you're not the only guy to go on that journey josh and i both have tons of experiences in different ways both of us are well traveled both of us have life experiences Josh has, you know, traveled all over Canada. I've been a cage fighter and I'm a single dad and I've been through a divorce process. So we get two very different angles of of life and, and what we bring to the table. So we're hoping to help everybody uh, that listens to the podcast and just let them know that you're not the only one. You do have value. This is a normal part of the process. And again, you're not alone. Well said, man. Like, I don't even know if I have anything to add to that. Like you, you touched on it so beautifully in saying that like, this is a conversation that not many men are having because we suffer in silence more times than not. Right. It's, it's, it's the way that men have been taught to, to kind of exist in this world. Right. We, we, we shoulder the load, we stay quiet, we put up a tough front and nobody talks about these things, but that is that's just not that's not the case anymore like we don't have to we don't have to be the the strong silent guard anymore like we can talk about these things and it doesn't make us any less less strong less manly and that is exactly what we're hoping to do here through the independence project right we want to help men gain independence from themselves almost like the the old selves where they held themselves prisoner to these ways of thinking to these ways of being and that just really negatively impacted mental health and that's exactly what we're looking to do here in the independence project and by the way i am the other half of the of the co-hosts here i'm josh yeah you like that segue eh? i did that uh, was a good segue but uh, i'm the other half like scott said i've been all over canada i've traveled across the world been in bali and uh, been all over parts of the states as well. Not a cage fighter. I'm 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 not I'm not a I'm not fond of getting punched in the face. That's not my thing. But you know, are you a, are you a father by chance, Josh? Are you a father? <laughs> I'm not a father. No, I, not that oh. I know of. I mean, like uh, again, been around Canada, been around the world. So there might be a little Josh running around somewhere. But if there are there is, I don't know about him. But uh, no, I'm I am the I am the younger half of the duo, not by much, but you know what I lack in years, I bring up, I uh, I make up for in sheer 
volume of tattoos and beard hair. <laughs> that, that's that, that's kind of that's I, I I even it out that way, you know. Like I might be a little bit younger, but like I think I've got more tattoos. Maybe not more beard hair, but I'm working. No, on I think it. I think I think I got you beat on the beard hair. I do think yeah. you have more tattoos than me, though. I just got my left arm done. Yeah, well, you know what I've noticed? Like, quick aside here, like I think everybody gets left arm sleeve tattoos. Really? Like, I, I think I, it's a good starting point. I think so, but like, I feel like because most people are right-handed, they get their left arm done. So when it heals, they they're not like debilitated for like a month. Yeah, you're right. That'd be a pain in the ass. You just get your arm done. You're in shock after that tattoo and then you try and go home that night and jerk off and it just doesn't work because your <laughs> arm's just shaking out of out of just intense pain that it's been through and you're like, I'm just trying to bust a nut and go to sleep. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so like, it would just, it would not be productive in any way, shape or form to get a tattoo on your dominant arm. It makes no sense. No, it's time management. Just not, just not a good, not a good position to put yourself in. No, exactly. So but that's kind of who I am. And I mean, like this, this podcast is something that I know, I know for, I don't, I don't know about you, Scott, but like, I know for me, people have always been like, yo, dude, you should start a podcast. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to do a podcast by myself. Cause I'm going to sit here in my office or in my bedroom, you know, with a mic, like no pants <laughs> on and just talk to myself. That's not fun. Right. And like, and luckily enough, I met you like, what has it been like two years now? I think we are going on, I think we're at like a year and a half because oh. you, because we met, we started working together May, like two years ago, but we didn't meet until after we started working together for a little bit because we didn't have to, to co-mingle until like a couple weeks after the, the program started there. Yeah. So, so we ended up meeting a little bit after May. And then you came by in the summer when you went on your Canada-wide trip. Yeah. And we, and we physically met then. And we sat on my deck and I smoked some weed and hung out with you and we, and we just fucking had a good time. And then you drove back to Ontario. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I stayed those... here and I stayed here in BC. Yeah. For those that don't know, we're not actually in the same room. We are across the country, three hours apart in, uh, in time zones. So this is a, it's an interesting thing and scheduling is interesting, but we made it work. Say... If you can get here in three hours, I don't know how the fuck you do that, man. That's crazy. If you can get to Ontario, you ride really fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're training for that triathlon. How are you feeling right now with all that going on? I'm feeling pretty good, man. Like, uh, this week's been kind of weird. I mean, I started a new job, right? And uh, that's kind of taken priority over everything else, but still trying to stay on top of my own shit. And that's, that is, because for me, a big part of my mental health is, working out like I, I feel like a lot of men can kind of relate to the fact that working out is something that does help us handle a lot of our demons and a lot of our uh a lot of our problems because it is something that is so there's something so primal about moving your body and lifting heavy shit like i, I know i know you've mentioned you love lifting heavy shit so i do i do love lifting heavy shit yeah and i feel like a lot of men can kind of relate to that they're like there's something just ingrained in us that was meant to work hard and move stuff and move our bodies and just sweat i feel like a lot of people that's their main coping mechanism for anything mental health i know that that's what got me into working out like i started back when i was back when i was like 13 or so right and at the time it was to to improve my confidence and also because you know as any dude does when he starts working out he wants bigger biceps bigger chest get the ladies funny thing is when you start lifting more and more the you only get compliments from dudes you actually don't get compliments from chicks it's oh no it's it's true like when was the last time you saw a dude lifting really heavy and all the chicks were going up to him it never happens when a dude lifts really heavy it's all the dudes going over like yo bro nice set so it didn't work the way it didn't work the way i planned but that's initially because I remember going, being in a gym, and there was a personal trainer there. Yeah. And clearly, he was a monster. Like he was just a like just either on juice or he'd been working out since he was you know four four seconds old. The guy's literally just a monster. Mm-hmm. And he would get compliments from everybody. Everybody would come up to him, "Yeah, man, your arms are looking real good." And then other girls will come up, "Wow, your back is so big. Your lats are just so beautiful." And I'm like, "My oh. God, how does this guy have everybody wrapped around his finger?" But he's the only one. 
He's an anomaly. That's that's that does not happen. I've never seen that happen in my okay, experience. yeah, because I haven't seen that happen anywhere else but with that guy. Yeah, maybe he uh I don't know, maybe it was his face. Did he have a nice face? I mean, he had a strong jawline, but I mean, like, it wasn't like he was like, it's not like girls were like, fuck, you're the most handsome thing. I have to sit on your face. Like, it wasn't right. one of those things. He was just a big, muscly 15-year-old, really. The guy was fucking going on 40, but still acted like a 15-year-old. Well, Dro- Drove a Mitsubishi Lancer. <laughs> What did you follow and, him to the parking lot? You, no, we, no, like, we, no, we worked, no, we worked together. We oh, worked together. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, dude, what the hell? Are you following this guy into the parking lot <laughs> to see what kind of car he drives? Jesus Christ. No, no, Jesus Christ, no. Uh we worked together and I remember he just had like these weird, obnoxious blue uh windshield wipers on his car. Yeah. They were like obnoxiously blue, like look at me blue. And I was like, I love the color blue, but that's fucking weird. <laughs> it's too, too much. much it's too much dude yeah yeah like you, i feel go ahead man what's up i was gonna say he was the kind of guy that would drive down the road and if your dog's head was sticking out the window he'd try and get close enough while driving to pet your dog <laughs> just a fucking just a fucking weird guy like just a weird guy yeah huh yeah that's so like that's so weird to me just the kind of people you meet in the gym. And I feel like a lot of, again, I'm going to kind of just pull it all back to the the point of like, I feel like people that work out, that is how they fight their demons. You know, like I know, I don't, I, I agree. I think you and I have talked about this a little bit, like a lot of cage fighters too, like your background, especially. Uh, that's why people get into fighting. It's a way to conquer demons, uh, provide mm-hmm. themselves with some self-worth. Mm-hmm. And and it's especially men, like because if you look at the fighting game, there's not a lot of women involved in like, like they're, they're, it's getting a little more nowadays. But like initially, like back when the UFC one was a thing, yeah, right? back like in UFC back. one, yeah, stuff like that. There was there was no women fighters on that card. There was zero women fighters, and any thought of a girl fighting back then was. You know, obviously it happened. Like if you were in Thailand, there was women fighting in Muay Thai and there was women wrestlers Mm. and judo practitioners. But in the sense of like the mixed martial arts, the world stage, they really had the Olympics and the world tournaments and stuff like that. So until the mainstream stuff came along, women, uh, it took them, I don't know, I think they've only been in in the public eye of mixed martial arts, like the UFC, the big company. They've only been there for five or six years like they haven't been around very long the women fighters Mm -hmm. and going back to what you and i were talking about when it comes to you know staying physical and fighters and stuff you know i can speak to this because i was a fighter former fighter uh you know you go to the gym and you deal with all these people and you get to know them and what happens is like you walk into the gym because you're insecure there's something you need to work on whether it's your self-confidence, a girl broke your heart, some dude just kicked the shit out of you and you don't know how to defend yourself. Uh, You know, you just want to get in shape. There's so many different reasons as to why you might walk into a dojo. But like you said, the main point is you got something to work on. So Mm -hmm. going through the process of something difficult, learning moves, uh, you know, going through the warm-up of the push-ups and the running across the room and, okay, now you got to shrimp and you got to do jumping jacks and, you know, you got to do these forward rolls and just really moving you outside of your comfort zone can help people start to go through the healing process, right? Because as you know, working out releases endorphins makes you feel Mm -hmm. good, but it also takes the pressure off your mind. Because if your mind begins to feel like how I how I like to explain it is if your brain feels really loud and really heavy and really almost like it's shaking, if that makes any sense. If it feels un, unstable, it means you have to go work out. It means if you're feeling uneasy, you're just cranky, you're hard to deal with, you got to go work out. You got to get it out of you because your brain is trying to tell you, hey, I got some shit I got to work out, but I'm not a muscle in the sense of like your legs or your back or your arms mm-hmm. i'm not able to explode so i need you to go do something so this mental fortitude that i'm using to handle the situation is being released i'm not having to hold on so tight and for people it can be different things right their mental problems can be uh my girlfriend cheated on me uh, some people it can go down like really dark paths like they were touched as a kid or mm-hmm. uh their dad left them at a young age or they don't have a mom 
or, you know, uh, they lost their home or they watched their pet get killed. Like there's some very dark things that fuck with people in their lives. And it's really hard to open up about these things. I remember being in a dojo and I was rolling around with a guy. He told me that jujitsu saved his life. And I've heard that a few times, but you always hear jujitsu saved your life in the sense of like some kid was bullying me or, or you know, like mm. and it's, it's, it's not really a life saving situation. And for him, it was, he said that he was on the edge of the Kelowna bridge, like whatever that bridge is in Kelowna. And he wanted to jump off the bridge because his wow. girlfriend had broken up with him. And he thought that she was his only chance at happiness. He was kind of a loser going in. Like when he was in high school and growing up, he didn't have a lot of friends. Girls uh, would reject him. And he was just really looking for, some place like deep down you could tell he was looking for some place to call home Mm -hmm. and he just couldn't find it and part of the reason he couldn't find it was because he was looking for it so hard right right so he was in this cycle of i want something i want something i'm looking really hard for it i must be able to get it it's gonna be mine but because he's trying so hard the natural way that life works of things just happening Mm -hmm. isn't flowing to him like it normally would for other people that are just free and just free minded and calm and relaxed and, and doing what they need to do to be a healthy person, right? He wasn't healthy. So he ended up going through this, this situation where he wants to jump off the bridge. Some told him not to, somebody mentioned to him, like you should try jujitsu. He ended up going to one of the gyms in town. And when I talked to him, it was a year later. And he told me that he had a new girlfriend and they were thinking about getting married and she'd mentioned having a kid. And he just said like, he wasn't ready to, for having kids, but he was really happy that that conversation was even taking place because a year ago, he didn't know if he was even going to be there for that. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, and I, was, I was just like, wow, man, like that's, that's very powerful. That, that is a very, very, like that's a real life, like application of, physical fitness improving a life to the point where it gave value beyond just the physical you know because like so many people when they think about working out they only think about what it does for the body they, they forget that it also improves the mind like you said it releases chemicals in the brain that make you happy and it, it does change like because it changes you physically it does also change you mentally in the way that you perceive yourself because so many of us, like you said, like this, this kid, he, like, he was going through life looking for a place to belong. But it's not until we, we feel at peace with ourself that we actually feel like we belong anywhere. Like, you can't feel like you belong if you're not okay with yourself. You know, it, it's yeah. in order to, to kind of get that comfort and have that um feeling of fitting in so to speak not maybe not fitting in is the right word but feeling like you belong in the world that starts from inside that's like that's a that's a thing you need to figure out and that's i think the problem with a lot of society and the way that kids are brought up but especially especially like young boys right like there's there's so much that goes i i know women get a lot of hardship too growing up and that's i'm not going to try to speak to that because i can't i'm not i'm not a woman Uh, but as far as men go i feel like we're we are forced to maybe become little men too early like boys are forced to turn into men before they're ready and before they actually have a sense of who they are so that when they actually become men, they're still just boys because they'd go through these experiences of, um, of like wanting to want to, wanting to be one of the boys and to be one of the boys, you got to be tough. You gotta be strong and you got to show no emotion, right? Like I know for me growing up, that was the main thing. Like I was a very emotional and expressive child and for that, I got picked on very severely. And when you get picked on for being different like that as a child, and I feel like this happens to a lot of kids, because you don't have the tools to kind of process exactly what's going on and that it's not really, they're not actually picking on you because they don't like who you are. It's because there's something wrong with them that they don't like about themselves and they see it in you. So they pick on you. 
but because you're so young and you can't think that again, I'm saying that through the, through the lens of hindsight and another 20 years of life experience. But at the time where we, we just think, Oh, there must be something wrong with who I am. I'm going to change the way that I am. And I'm going to be one of the boys. Cause that's the only way that you're not going to get the shit kicked out of you every single day of your life, right. Is to fit in and kind of, to harden yourself against the world. And I feel like that's why we are now facing an epidemic of male suicides and male mental health problems, because we all grew up in a way that essentially we did not learn how to properly process and express any problems or our emotions that we were facing. And now fully grown men don't know how to handle themselves in the world emotionally mentally yeah and i understand what you mean by that and i agree with you in a lot of ways when with what you're saying when it comes to you know there's a huge uptick in men passing away by by self-harm suicide there's a lot of guys that are you know and like you said just society what people are dealing with they they don't have the tools right they don't they don't have the tools to fix the problem that they got because as you said, being, being a young boy and being forced into being a man and then you're not ready to be a man. So when you get forced to being a man and you're still a boy, you, you're not experienced or equipped enough to deal with the problems that you have. So when these problems continue and, and you don't have the answer, you know, for instance, like I, I can uh, give the example when I was a kid growing up, I used to get told, well, what are you going to do about this situation? And it's like, well, I don't know my options. I don't know what I'm mm-hmm. allowed to do. I mean, like, yeah, that kid's picking on me. I'd love to just smash him in the head and, and beat him to death. But I know I'm going to get in huge trouble for that. So obviously I can't do that. I would love to say, hey, man, you're a fucking loser and you're never going to amount to shit. And that's why you pick on me because you're a fucking fag. You know, and next thing you know, he's just like, oh, and then his 10 buddies beat me up. So it's like, well, that doesn't work. So eventually when you start to hear these these things along the way, you're like, oh, I, I don't have the answer. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. you don't have the answer and then they're telling you to be a man. It's a very confusing part in your life, especially like that 14 to 18 range right before you go out in the world, right? That That's where that starts to happen a lot. You're going from being a young man into a teenager into a young adult. That's, that's when I found that phase took place quite a bit. And it was like, Kids, we have to understand that this isn't, we're not living in in huts anymore. We're not fighting with swords. We don't have arrows being shot at us. It's okay to talk about our feelings. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I know that like my dad particularly came from the tough love generation. Yeah, You you didn't get any love unless you were working, uh, showing you were a good worker, doing something around the house, having really good grades in school. Like, unless you were excelling at something they they really didn't want to hear too much about like what your dreams were what your thoughts were or they just wanted you to get out and do what you were supposed to do get a job get a wife have kids because that's what they did right so that's what was taught down so then when they get to us these new kids and they're like you know what man we start to have people that went through those tough patches like our parents did and they go hey i don't want my kids to be raised like that i think the world could be a better place so they start trying to change the world by putting these different ideas in our heads. Hey, you should be happy when you go to work. Hey, you should have a better job that makes you feel good about yourself. Don't let other people talk down to you. If you're with somebody that makes you feel like shit, you probably shouldn't be in a relationship with them. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. Right. So then the world changed a little bit. Then we started and ended up having the free love and, and, you know, people experimenting with drugs. And then we've gotten to 2021 now where people are starting to, they're trying to get so free from any form of stress. And I, and what I mean by that is there's this new thing where people are, are, uh, you know, claiming their pineapple trees and fucking raccoons and shit like that. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not saying I, I sympathize with the people, the, the very small amount of people that probably actually have that, that thing where they're like, Hey, I'm a girl, but I'm in a guy's body. Like I actually, I, I feel like that must be a very, hard situation to be in right i try and imagine being in a prison cell and you can't get out and Mm -hmm. you're just like but i just want out because this isn't me like i'm actually i'm a soccer player but i'm stuck in this cage and i'm i'm fucking having to do something else that i don't want to do 
where I'm I'm not who I believe I should be. That must be very difficult. But yeah. but like what you and I were talking about a few minutes ago when you brought it up, right? These guys that are having problems and stuff, and they start turning into these fucking weirdos where they start cutting their dicks off and they start, you know, being real activists and stuff like that. And and what I think that is, is it's just people that need a counselor, just mm-hmm. need some help. You just need to open up to some people and talk about your problems. What's going yeah. on? You know, for me, a huge problem for me growing up, and I never figured it out until I got to my 30s, was I actually have daddy issues. I, I My dad was in camp a lot growing up. And that's why I actually, like, anytime I watch a movie and there's, like, a father-son moment, like, dude, I just ball into tears. I just ball. I just, yeah. I just, I can't help it. It's just, it's like a trigger. It's like that button, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that that was a button for me. Like, I knew it was a button, but I didn't realize that I could make it go away by actually diving into that problem. It's an uncomfortable place to go. But when you dive into the problem and you're like, all right, I'm going to be really honest with myself, you can start to deal with what's going on and you can start to move past it. It's uncomfortable. But, sure. but in the end, you're like, I am so free because I don't have the weight of this problem or this thing that was pushed on me as a kid or this idea somebody said to me that I then made into a reality. Yeah. And that it's so true that if we just turned towards these triggers or these like these buttons as you as you put it like so eloquently that is such a that is such a powerful um metaphor i guess you'd call it it's a button that is pressed and like we don't know when it's going to get pressed but we know it's there subconsciously or consciously we know it's there and when it gets pressed it it literally just explodes and our entire world comes crashing down in that moment. And it, you're, it's so true that if we just turn towards these things and actually put in the work and the effort to kind of work through it a little bit, and it doesn't that doesn't mean solving it because it's not necessarily a problem that needs to be solved. And again, I think that's another thing that as men, we pride ourselves on. We pride ourselves on fixing problems i know for me i've been a problem solver my entire life i've always wanted to fix things fix people and that is that is how i got value out of myself i was like if i'm going to be of value to anybody i am going to have to solve their problems i'm gonna have to fix them and that that's a whole other bag of worms that caused a lot of issues for myself because if i couldn't do those things i felt worthless but it's so often that we're afraid as men to fail at fixing something because then we're we have no worth right because a man is supposed to be able to solve problems we're supposed to be able to fix things and if we can't fix ourselves or the problems that we face then we feel less than right and I feel like for a lot of people, I know for myself for a long time, it was way easier to look out in the world instead and just fill that void that was caused by whatever issue I was facing with myself with sex, drugs, alcohol, like meaningless experiences that didn't add any value to my life. Like all these things that were very destructive because I was so afraid to look inside and deal with what was going on. But if I just done that, I would have avoided, like I, there was like literally a four year period in my life where I could not tell you what was going on because I was in a, just in a haze. Like I was, I was, I compare it to being like a zombie almost because I was just numbing myself to the what, human experience. What were you numbing yourself to? What were you, what were you running away or fighting? What were you dealing with? Um, not knowing who I was, honestly, like I was so my entire life, I've struggled with trying to figure out who I was because again, as a child, I was severely bullied and I figured that there was a problem with who I was as a person. So I became very good at camouflaging myself and being able to blend in with different crowds. So I didn't have an identity that was purely my own my identity was based on whoever I was around. So I never had a good sense of self. And so you were like a drifter. Yeah. Like I was a, uh, 
I guess you could call it like I call it being a social chameleon almost. So would you say like, like if you're if you're like watching a TV show, you're like one of the background characters. It's just like in the back doing something that's like making visuals and stuff while the main characters do something like that. Uh, yeah, I'd say like I, I, I was never the main character in my own story. I was always the supporting character in another person's story. And again, that's where I found a lot of value because as a supporting character, what do you do? You support people. And by doing that though, and never actually figuring out who I was or what I wanted, by the time I reached my early twenties and like at that point in your life, like you're supposed to kind of be trying to figure stuff out. I was at a loss Right. And I didn't want to deal with that because, I mean, society says you're supposed to have it all figured out by the time you're 21. Right. And I, I, I've always been a slave to societal, social and outside pressure for my entire, like as long as I can remember. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to ignore that. And the best way to ignore that is to drink myself into an absolute haze almost every every day of the week like there was a period of time for about a year or two where i drank almost every single day because it was just easier and eventually as like i'm sure a lot of people that go down that route that road of self-destruction and trying to run from themselves realize hopefully I, i really do hope that anyone going down that path realizes this you can't run away from yourself because even at the end of the day, when the bottle's empty, when you've done all the, the drugs and the sex is over, you're still with yourself. And it was in that moment at the, like the lowest of the low, I think it was after like a week bender where I was just drinking, snorting drugs and just everything where I realized I was like, who the hell am I? Like, what am I doing? And that kind of kickstarted the process for me of turning inwards. It was very slow. It was very painful, but I eventually turned and looked at myself and was like, okay, like, what am I running from? And who do I want to be like outside of everything? Like regardless of who I'm around, regardless of what I'm doing with my life, who am I? And who do I want to be? And those are the questions that kind of kickstarted this whole process over the last two years, wherein I have started actually repairing the damage done from my childhood traumas, as well as my self-destructive habits. And again, those buttons are still there. Like Again, I don't think those buttons will ever go away. Like those triggers, I don't think they'll ever be gone. But once you start doing the work, I think you learn how to mitigate and lessen the impacts of having those buttons pressed, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Like, I, I see, and I, you know, and that is very common, right? People go down that path. And I think it also ties back into the, like that, you know, being a man before you're supposed to be a man right mm-hmm. like we have that thing put on us you're supposed to have everything figured out by the time you're 21 guys you're 18 you only got a couple years do you know what you want to do you, you got to make sure that it's all figured out oh you don't got it figured out yeah you're a fucking loser mm-hmm. oh yeah you're 25 you're still confused and not sure what to do yeah still a fucking loser oh yeah and now you're 30 been at the same job for a while and haven't lived out any of your dreams fucking loser right like there's all those people that have that thought in their head and it's like that's not the case man you know, we had that stuff pushed on us when we were in school. I remember being in grade five or six and my principal was retiring. The principal that had been there since I was a kid. He'd been a fucking principal for a hundred million years. Yeah. And this guy was an asshole, an old fossilized asshole. And he's like, you kids are, are the education and, and you guys are the future because we didn't do a very good job of taking care of the planet and whatnot. And it's up to you guys to fix it. And I just went, you lazy fuck. Because he, he was essentially going, you guys got to have everything figured out because we didn't do a good enough job. Right. And, and to me, I just thought, what a lazy crop out of bullshit that is. So I have to rush my life. I have to rush my life and my self-development process because you guys are too fucking stupid to figure out what's going on out there. That's not my problem. 
I still have to develop. My friends and I still have to develop into these people that you want us to be. We, we're not going to just magically turn into them overnight. So what, like you're saying, people end up going down these self-destructive paths. They do drugs, they go drinking, they sleep around. Some people get into the destructive path of having children. That's a bad one because they, if you're not healthy, you start putting unhealthy people back out into the world. And you mm -hmm. just create a bigger problem and it, it creates a societal effect. So like you're saying, I, I you know, the, the things that people go through, it, it's, a, it's a painful process to turn inward and look at yourself. But you have to realize that a lot of the reason why you have to turn in and look at yourself is because there has been things that have been said to you, done to you, shown to you. Uh, people tried to make you believe them or they put their own shit on you. That's a big one. People put their own shit on you at a young age and then you end up carrying their shit for the rest of your life, even mm -hmm. though you didn't get to develop properly. And this goes back to that self-development thing of my friends, me, we all have to develop properly to turn into these people. It is not your job. Like if you are listening to this right now, it is not your job to go out there and develop yourself as quickly as fucking possible to please everybody. These are a bunch of people you don't even fucking like. These are mm -hmm. people that would not give you the shirt off, off their back. They would not take two seconds out of their day to really sit down and listen to your problems and help you out or care for you. If you have a difficult situation, there's not many people out there in the world like that anymore. There's a lot of takers and very few givers. So if you're one of those people that you're like, Oh, my friends are my whole life. Look at your friends. Are your friends a bunch of fucking losers? Are they doing drugs and drinking and doing nothing fun with their lives and not in self-improving? Cause those are people that you need to get away from. Those are people that you got to run away from. Run away from them like they're the plague. Run away from them like they're literally going to kill you because in a sense, they are. They will drown your dreams. They will take them away from you and you will be slaying on your deathbed and you will be stood, everybody around your bed at that point will be all your dreams that never came to fruition and they're going to be asking you why. Why didn't you bring me to reality? Why didn't you show me to the world? Why didn't you show them this talent that you have? The world needed that. So don't be in this rush to self-development yourself because your fucking grade six principal told you that they sucked at doing their job. So you got to do a better job. That's a crop out. Show, show your kids and show the people around you the best example you can by going out there and becoming the best person you can, regardless of if it takes four years, eight years, 12 years, 16 years, who cares how long it takes? There is no defined due date. You are not supposed to be done on November 15th of 2035 and you're supposed to be fucking perfect. There's none of that. If you got to be perfect at the age of 50 and it took you 49 years of dog shit to get there, then it took 49 years of dog shit to get there. But man, I can't wait to hear your story because that's going to be one hell of a path that most people didn't go down. And it's going to inspire somebody else. And everybody needs to realize that this is not a dick swinging contest. Life is not one of those moments where you're constantly one-upping somebody. Look at me, I have a better car than you. Look at me, my house is better than you. In my opinion, really what like being rich and what being wealthy is about is how you treat people, what your intentions are mm, on the inside, amen. how you feel as a person. You don't need to have a million-dollar house and a Bugatti to fucking impress me. I'm more impressed by how you talk to... For instance, if you work at a factory and you see the cleanup guy going around and you see your boss walking around, I hope you treat them the same. They're, they're yes. both people. Don't treat your boss with more respect because he's the guy that signs your paycheck. If your boss is a fucking dick to the cleaner, I hope that you're one of those guys that will say something. I'm hoping that you're one of those guys that will be like, man, this isn't right. And you treat that guy with the same respect that you would treat him with the CEO or your supervisor or the guy working next to you. Everybody deserves self-respect. And, a, self, and, a, and a, a sign of self-respect is showing it to yourself by not rushing, by taking mm -hmm. the time to develop, by surrounding yourself with people that actually care about you, opening up inside and going, what do I need instead of what I want? Well said, man. That's... That is, I honestly, I, I, I've got, I've got nothing to add to that. It was, that was so well said. And I, if I could add anything, it would be that life doesn't happen 
Well, your life, like whoever's listening to this, your life doesn't happen on anybody's schedule but your own. There's no time frames. There's no timelines on anything. Everything happens as it's meant to and when you want it to. So like Scott said, like so beautifully, don't rush yourself or those around you. Like if you have kids and you're listening to this, I really hope that you're allowing them to figure out who they are. I'm not trying to tell you how to parent, but don't, don't rush them into growing up because I know that from my experience and from Scott's, I mean, Scott's a dad, he knows this better than anyone. When you rush a kid to grow up, that is the moment when they're going to lose the most important pieces of themselves. And I I know that's what happened to me. And I know that's what happened. This has happened to hundreds of thousands of other people out there that are now living as adults and are miserable. They hate where they're at in their life. They hate their jobs. They're not happy with where they're at. And it's all because they lived life on somebody else's schedule. And if if I could give you anything... To those of you that are listening, it would be don't be afraid to look inside. Don't be afraid to face the things inside of you that you were told weren't good or weren't good enough. Turn to those things. Show yourself some kindness. Show yourself some love and live life on your own schedule. Like Scott said, don't rush yourself. Because yeah, honestly, man. that's not what it's about. Life, life's meant to be lived, right, Scott? Like that's. Yeah, man, that's, you gotta live your life. You can't. You can't go out there trying to impress everybody. That's not your job. You don't get paid for that. Keep that in mind. Like if you're out there impressing everybody, you're not getting paid for that. Who's putting food on your table and taking care of your loved ones? You have mm-hmm. shit to take care of in life. There's people out there that'll take up all your time because they're energy suckers. They literally just want to suck your energy out, and then they get off on that. They do. They get this weird like energy boner that they're like yeah i took all his energy and made him feel like shit and i i just you know there's that weird thing about some people and again those are people you got to get away from you you have to treat yourself almost like a business and like a resource and manage yourself and and realize where you're putting your time is this a valuable place for me to be putting my time into is this going to turn into an asset or is this going to turn into a complete waste of my time There's so many things that guys go through that they just have a really hard time being honest about like this, this healing process that you and I are talking about being honest with yourself, guys, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not comfortable. It's hard at the beginning. It's not fun. You're going to cry. You're going to have those big gross booger bubbles that come on out. You're going to be thinking of shit from when you were four years old. And this kid said this and oh my God, some kid kicked me in the balls and told me they felt like jello. Not my own story. (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, you're going to go through things in your life that like, for instance, man, I am 30 years old. I still remember the very first time getting rejected as a kid and that was like a like oh, a yeah. it, like it put a it put a marker and for many years i kept that marker of being let down uh trying to find self-worth and it didn't work the very first girl i had a crush on and gave her a note gave her some flowers told her how beautiful she was i was in like grade two just like a little kid i don't even know how old you are in grade two i think you're like seven or eight and i, I wrote her this know. note I wrote her this note and she came up to me and she goes, I know you wrote this note. I'm allergic to flowers and I don't like you. And she stepped on the flowers and I was like, Oh, destroyed, destroyed, just a little kid, right? Just trying to show somebody that you care. That's all that is at the age Mm -hmm. of eight. You're not trying to fuck anybody. You're not trying to get them drunk and, and do scrupulous things or, you know, go out to a party and okay, now it's just the two of us on a dirt road and I'm a dirt bag. I'm going to do something creepy. You're an eight, eight-year-old innocent little person that's just trying to show some love right Mm -hmm. that's all you're trying to do you're just trying to show somebody that you care and when that happened to me man i had this life thing going where like i got rejected every time i asked a girl out for years for years i got rejected and i just thought i was that guy that was going to get rejected and i thought i was ugly and i thought i was fat and i thought i was gross and i had all the opinions of myself because these things must be true if women don't want to date me 
They must be. If I'm getting rejected all the time, there must be something wrong with me. And that was how I took it as a kid growing up. But that's not the case. We all have to keep in mind that other people don't determine our value. Right? Like you and I have talked about that during this podcast now. Other people don't determine our value. If some girl comes up to you and she goes, you know, you're fat or you're ugly or whatever. It's an opinion. That's their opinion. And when, like you said, if they're coming at you like that, it's because they got something they got to work on. And they're really just looking for an exterior source to take their anger out on or their frustration or their negativity. And that's not a reflection of who you are. It's a, it's a terrible thing when somebody does that to you because you feel like as a human that you should take in that information that they just gave you and take it into your whole consideration of your being. But that's not, that's not the best thing for you as a person. Mm-hmm. right the best thing for you to do is hear that and go okay and don't take it in don't bring it in right to yeah, yeah the the vessel that is your brain your body your heart your you don't bring it inside of you right keep it at face value when people say keep it at face value don't let it go past your face let the comment hit your face and it stops there it doesn't go mm-hmm. in it just hits your face and you go okay i dealt with that and i'm gonna move on now it's when yeah. we take it in and we start to digest it and we start to think about it and we start to hold on to it. That's when those things start to poison us and turn us into an unhealthy person. Yeah. When we start taking other people's opinions as facts about ourselves. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like that's, that was a majority of my life. If I'm being honest, it was like, I still do that to this day. Like I, I have a very hard time not differentiating between opinion and fact. And I think that's, that's just, again, that comes from background of trauma and uh, having low self-worth growing up, you know, like that's like you, when you put all your, uh, take all your value from other people, then their opinions become fact. It's, and then, but the best way to combat that is to have a high sense of self-worth and self-respect. Like you said, if you, go out in the world and you provide self-respect to others, you should provide that same thing for yourself. And once you start doing that, that's when people's opinions no longer resonate as facts. Because for, you're like, yeah. And for people that are stuck on that, like the, what, what, what self-respect is for you is different than what self-respect might be for other people. So yeah. the self-respect of learning where your value is, is look at the people that are important to you. You know, for me, it's my it's my parents and my son and a few of my friends that I hold uh, near and dear. But besides that, uh, any other opinion or anything else does not have an effect on me. I will hear it. I will recognize that the information has come into my into my area. I have to obviously listen to this and I'm going to move on from that point on. My value is determined by me and my loved ones. It's not determined by a job title. It's not determined by uh, somebody's opinion of me. It, it all has to do with, am I doing the very best I can? Am I providing for the people that love me? And are they safe and loved? And if that is taken care of, then you really have nothing else to concern about. Oh my God, my Instagram picture only got 36 likes as opposed to 52. Oh my God, this happened. This dress makes me look. No, none of that stuff matters. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if your loved ones are taken care of, who cares what Joe Blow down the street thinks about you or your car or your job title or what kind of clothes you're wearing? You know, if your kid runs up to you at the end of the day, and they give you a big hug and they say, thanks, dad. You're the best dad I could ever ask for. What is better than that? What in this world is better than, than, than the love of either your own child or the people that brought you into this world or somebody that you've created a friendship with that you're like, man, I really love this person, you know, because they're a good, they're a good human being. I just enjoy talking to them. I enjoy their presence. I enjoy the way their brain thinks and how they see things from a different angle than me and how we can have an intellectual conversation where people don't scream at each other because we have a difference of opinion. Yeah. I feel like you're talking about me, but that's, that's all right. I'll, maybe that's just my ego. 
<laughs> the whole time you're talking about like oh, a friend that i love that has like good opinions and all. i'm like that's that's me he's talking about me but that's you're just like, my you're, stop it scott stop it i know i'm flattered stop <laughs> but you're you're it's right you're so right and it's once you it's once you figure out what you value and who you value that the rest just kind of fades away it's because people we don't know what we value for ourselves and our lives and those around us. And we also don't know who we value. We, that's why life is such a chaotic mess, I think. And it's only once we figure out what do we actually value and who do we value out of life and in life that we're actually able to find that kind of peace that we're all looking for. Like we're all looking for lifelong happiness, peace of mind and all this other like hallmark fluffy stuff that seems way out of reach, but it's only out of reach because we don't actually know what we want. And it's only when we figure out what we want and what we value and who we value that those things will come. Cause like you said, once you find that out, you just focus on those things and nothing else matters. Cause if you focus on what matters to you, then the rest is just gravy, you know, like, I, yeah, I know you and I have had several conversations about like what makes people happy. And for us, there's a very, you know, there's there's a process. For you, it's working out and being creative, and and you have your routine of what you need. You know what is required to make you feel good. I know what I need. I need some creativity. I need some structure, and I got some some obstacles to overcome in a week, and then I'm good. Yep, exactly. Like it's and it, it's so important. It's nice to see like that. What I need and what you need totally different. There's some similarities because there's similarities, obviously, because like we're both very creative people, but yeah, ultimately what you need, what I need to feel happy and fulfilled, totally different. And that is okay because we can still come together like we do and have conversations. And even if the, the opinions differ, we're, we both come away from the interactions feeling better because at the end of the day, we have managed to, to tick those boxes for ourselves. And that's, that's what I encourage our listeners honestly to do as well as if, if you take away anything from the last 50 minutes of us talking and rant, I don't know. I think I ramble sometimes and whatever. I don't know if you get any it's value a part of it. being a podcaster. I think so. But if, if, they, <laughs> if, if they could take anything away from this last hour or so, it's, what I want you to do after listening to this, and I really hope you enjoyed it because this is something very near to my heart. And I know it's very near to Scott's heart as well. And we think it's an important topic to talk about, but if you take away anything, figure out what is important to you, both in your life and in the people around you, figure out who you value, figure out what you value and live life in line with that that will give you such a clear path so if you're feeling lost just ask yourself what is important to me right now because what's important to you right now might not be important to you a year from now and that's okay because your your um your focus and perspective will change with time and with experience but anytime you're feeling lost ask yourself what is important to me right now and then work towards that. And that'll give you a sense of, it will give you a sense of freedom in a sense, because now you know where you're headed. And as long as you know where you're headed, doesn't matter how you get there. So if you're feeling lost, if you're not really sure what to do with your life and you don't really know who you are or what you want, ask yourself th three questions. What is important to me right now? What do I value most? And who do I value most? Once you answer those three questions, write it down, type it out, speak it into the world. I don't, I don't know what your process is, but once you figure those three things out, take action towards it and live your life in line with those three questions with what is important to you, who you value and what you value live life according to those three things. And I think you'll be, on a much better path than about 98% of the world because everybody else is just drifting through space on a rock that is flying through space around a burning star. <laughs> that is so, what we're doing. 
that is yeah. yeah we're on a floating rock through space just drifting around hoping we figure this shit out but yeah and to, and to add to what josh said you know like if you go out there and you answer those questions and you you get those answers it's okay if things change as well along the way just because at the beginning you're like this is what matters to me and this is what i'm working on i can speak to this and josh can speak to this you know especially my youtube channel i have rebranded and changed that thing probably about 30 times because i've had other projects that didn't work and things weren't going well and i was like you know what man this just isn't working this doesn't make me happy anymore i don't want to do this and i just quit doing it and and there was no added pressure of like well i quit this and i didn't make it into something i thought mm, this isn't working and that's okay to say hey something isn't working and it needs to change or hey there's somebody involved in my life that at one point was very valuable and did some things for me that at this point is no longer valuable and they actually caused me some heartache and some distress it's okay to have that conversation with yourself and be honest and completely revamp your priorities right so definitely you're not married to this this is just the path that you're on but if your path does change don't consider that a loss don't consider that a bad thing doesn't mean you're unvaluable it doesn't mean that you're lazy it doesn't mean you're a bad worker you're not creative enough or whatever it is you want to tell yourself it means that your path changed for a reason and that path that you began on Maybe the purpose of that path was to lead you to the second path that will then lead you to another path. And then by the time you're done, you'll end up in a position where you're like, man, I never would have gotten here if I didn't try that first thing. It was the first step of many. Mm. Well said, man. That's it's so it's true. I agree. Nothing more to add. That's it. Beautiful. Yeah. It's been a good man. I, I thought this was a good first podcast. I think everybody's gained a lot of knowledge and insight about what kind of co-hosts we are and what we bring to the table. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to doing more podcasts with you. It's going to be fantastic. Hell yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm not sure if there was much value, but it was a good conversation. I think again, and, and that's ultimately what at least I know we've talked about it and I'm going to speak for myself at least. I just hope this this starts the conversation. Like if there's, if it does anything, I hope it provides a little bit of value, but I just mainly hope it starts the conversation so that men feel like they can talk about this shit and not have to worry about it. But this is an awesome first episode. I'm super pumped to do way more and I can't wait to see where the independence project goes, man. Me too. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to start doing some stuff with our viewers and whatnot when uh, we get the email set up. We'll have it so you guys can send us questions. You know, hey, man, this is what's going on. You you can go deep, deep in depth into a, into a situation that you're into. You know, he said this, she said this. We don't really care. We just want to hear about your guys' situations. And if you need help with them, let us know. That's what we're here for. Um, most important thing is, you know, in this life, make sure you love yourself. It's a mm. very corny thing to say, and I used to hate hearing that shit all the time. But man, you Me gotta, love, you gotta, you gotta love, you gotta love yourself uh, before you can love anybody else. And again, super corny, super old school saying that most people are like, I fucking hate hearing that. But it's true. It's it's unfortunately true where you gotta fall in love with yourself, and it's okay if you don't know yourself. But take time in getting to know yourself and enjoy that process, because you as a person are always changing. So even sometimes you get to surprise yourself. And that's the fun part in life is when you surprise yourself. Maybe somebody told you you couldn't do something. Maybe somebody told you you weren't good enough. Or maybe you had your own self-beliefs where you're like, I just can't do that. And then you you shock yourself. You actually achieve what you said you couldn't. And then you know that you have more ability than you did before. And you're actually capable of amazing things. And they will take you to amazing places. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Just live live your life. Find what's important to you. And love yourself again it's a corny saying but just do it i mean the moment you show yourself love is love will find you even more than it did before so that's right and, and love is different for everybody right it doesn't everybody has a different way of love as, as well you yep. not everybody has a you know they don't live in the suburbs some people like a a, a dirty rough lifestyle dirty rough love life and that's okay. We all come from different parts of the world, but as long as you're happy and you're doing what you need to do, man, nobody can get mad at you about that. And if they do, fuck them. Exactly. Fuck them. Fuck them. All right. Cool. I, 
I think that's the podcast for this episode, my man. I think so. And we'll see you guys in the next one. All Um, right. Catch you there. Episode two coming your way. Hey guys, this is Josh. Thanks so much for listening to this, the very first episode of our new show, The Independence Project. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay tuned for future episodes. We do release new episodes whenever the hell we want, and you don't want to miss out. But until then, stay beautiful, love yourselves, and I'll see you in the next episode.